Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, on Friday week, we're being asked to vote on two proposed changes to the Constitution. But with the date closing in on us, many people still have many questions about what the referendum actually means and what you're being asked to vote on. So, Oren Doyle, who's a professor with Trinity College, is with us here on the line today. Oren, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Will you just explain, I suppose, the most significant change um, for people, I suppose, or the most significant element of this that they've been asked to cast their vote on? Okay, so let's take the two referendums separately. Um, So the first one is referred to as the women in the home provision. Um, And that's a proposal to um, delete the current Article 41.2 of the Constitution, which says the state recognises that by her life within the home, woman gives to the state a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. And then it goes on to say that the state shall therefore endeavour to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home. So it's going to remove that provision and delete it and replace it with a new provision, which will recognise that the provision of care by members of a family to one another and gives to the society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and the state shall strive to support such provision. So that's the care amendment. And, and with regards then, then to the second element or to, 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 the, to the second, I suppose, decision or proposed change that people are going to be asked mm-hmm. to make? Um, yep. Yeah, so the second change arises because the Constitution enacted in 1937 gives family rights and defines the family in effect as being based on marriage. And what the second change is going to do is broaden the definition of family so it's no longer just the family based on marriage, but will also include families based on other durable relationships. And that's the second change that people are being asked to consider. Um, A lot of the questions that we've, you know, had from listeners in in recent weeks... um, specifically relate, Oren, to uh, people, we'll say, for instance, who are uh, cohabiting, to you know, living together for a long period of time, uh, lifelong partners, maybe have children together, and then they're not married, and how they would be affected by any proposed change. Um, Yeah, so I think the, the first point to make is that there's no... This provision or the change doesn't give a new status to people who are in durable relationships. It's just about broadening the definition of family. And that's symbolically important, and you might think that's good or bad, depending on your political perspective. But there's not that many practical consequences because there aren't that many practical consequences in law to being the constitutionally protected family. So the Supreme Court has given quite a narrow interpretation of that. So maybe one example might be helpful. It was argued in a deportation case that spouses in a family had a right to live together. And the Supreme Court said no, that it's just a protection of the family in its constitution and authority. So there's not many contexts that are going to be caught by that. Um, I think one possibility is that it may become, so at the moment in law, there are some discriminations against non-marital families and uh, tax and social welfare benefits. 
Um, the Supreme Court has already recently in January, even before this amendment, struck down one of those discriminations as being unconstitutional. That was that unmarried couples were excluded from the widow and widower's pension. Mm. And it may just become, I think if this amendment is passed, it may become just a little bit more difficult for the state to justify those sorts of discriminations. But it's sort of, it's a fairly finely honed recalibration of things rather than a radical change, I would say. A lot of people, Orin, are looking for an explanation to what is a durable relationship? Yeah, I suppose it, it's not defined. Um, so the courts will define it as t- if the amendment is passed, the courts would define it as time goes along. I suppose I think that's the context in which it's important to remember, though, that it has a limited context. It's just in terms of broadening the definition of family. Um, and I think people, some people are concerned about the courts having this power. Um, on the other hand, there's a lot of undefined terms in the Constitution. There's a equality before the law is undefined, personal liberty is undefined, property is undefined, and the courts sort of just get along with defining it over time. They build up their precedence and so on. So I think depending on your view of the underlying issues, you might be more or less concerned about that. Do, but do, do it you, is sort of what the courts do all the time. Yeah. Do you have to be living together though? to qualify or clarify or, you know, to to describe it as a durable relationship? Um, So, again, we don't know what the courts would say when that comes along. I think, like, they would look at the context of the provision. They might ask themselves, well, is it a a relationship, um, you know, where raising of children is going on? Um, Has it been going on for a long time? Um, is it like a marriage relationship might be another basis? So is it an inter- intimate relationship between two people who aren't married? Perhaps it's grandparents looking after children, single parents looking after their child. And in those contexts, there would be a constitutionally, there'd be a family under the new definition. I think that's sort of likely where it's likely to go. Okay. I know you're here to explain rather than give comment, Oren, but a question from a listener regarding the referendum. Um, yeah, the fir- in the first instance, asking somebody to explain what, what durable means. But there's a lot of people with a similar message like this who say, you know, I want to vote either yes or no to the questions, but I think I'm going to end up voting the other way because I don't have enough clarity on certain terms. Mm. It's um, So I suppose... So on this one, um, yeah, I don't have a view as to how people should vote. Um, I think there's a there's a symbolic thing in this uh, amendment in terms of what we think families are, and the constitution was enacted in 1937, and it has that definition of family. And do we think that's appropriate now? I think is the first question. Um, and then I think is it's just that the practical effects I think are a lot less significant than some of the commentary out there is suggesting, um, because it's not giving new rights to people who are in durable relationships. It's just in a very small range of contexts where this constitutional family becomes relevant, has extended the definition of what will count as a constitutional family, and we don't know precisely what the courts will do, but. Frankly, we don't know in advance a lot of what the courts Mm. will do because the Constitution just has a lot 
of vague terms, and that's what the courts have been interpreting for 80 or 90 years. And you know, other countries don't have that sort of system. We have that sort of system. I think if you're the sort of person, there'll be people out there who, you know, listen to court decisions and think, oh, I'm really unhappy with that. I don't trust what the courts do. Well, then you might have reason to distrust this. On the other hand, if you're a sort of person who hears court decisions and think, yeah, they seem more or less sensible, then maybe you'd be more trusting of this. So I think it sort of depends a little, depends to a little extent on how much you trust the courts to interpret the constitution in general. The other uh, query for a lot of our listeners, Orn, is around um, people living with additional needs or or with disabilities. And like, for instance, this texter makes the point today that, you know, I've heard there are some concerns for people living with disabilities. Do you know what they are? And could you please explain them? Yeah, so this is the other amendment. So this is the care amendment where it's taken out what's a provision that refers to the specific duties of women in the home and instead broadens it out. Um, And again, so there's symbolic issues there. I think, I don't have a view as to how people vote, but the two concerns that are articulated about it are slightly different. Okay, so the first concern is that it imposes only a very weak obligation on the state. Okay, so the state is going to strive to support the provision of care by family members. And the Citizens' Assembly had recommended a stronger obligation. And so some people argue that there should be a stronger obligation on the state to support carers. So that's one reason why people are concerned. Um, but if you vote no for it, you just, we retain the status quo. Okay, so you don't necessarily get a better provision in the future, but you might. Um, but it doesn't put an hand, obligation on government, though. No, it's, it's a very. It, it doesn't. No, it doesn't put a legally enforceable obligation. I think it's just that the state will strive to support such provision. It's no. It's no weaker than it currently is. So it's not taking away anything. But some people would say this was an opportunity to give something or to impose a strong obligation on the state and they're disappointed that obligation or that opportunity wasn't taken. The other critique that is out there comes from people with disabilities um, who are concerned that this, some people with disabilities have articulated the concern that this um, sort of treats care as being a private matter so that care is something to be provided by families. Um, not by the state. And that could make you, if you have a disability, the implicit message here is that you are dependent on a family to care for you, that you don't have an entitlement from the state. Um, and that's a, a, that's a legitimate concern that has been expressed. It's up for people to decide what they make of that concern. Again, to make it clear though, the, the provision doesn't stop the state providing care for people in disabilities. So again, it's more um, a a real but, but a real concern about the symbolism of it. I think is the best way to put it. Okay, um, for people maybe Oren that are just looking for you know a little bit more information in 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 simple uh, in in simple terms or a simple explainer, mm-hmm. where would you guide people on both uh, sides? I, think the new I should one I- say. Um, yeah, so I think people should try to seek out information. The Electoral Commission has a good website where they, um, you know, outline what's involved in the changes and give explanations of the terms um, as clearly as they can. So I think that's a, a helpful place for people to look. Research Professor at Trinity College Dublin, Oren Doyle. Oren, listen, thank you for, for joining us here on Lunchtime Live today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.